Alright, well, we'll just have to see about that. Um, I'm test recording right now, so um, what's going on? Uh, well, I haven't seen any uh, movies in the last... In the last week, I'm um, saving um, going out to see the Disaster Artist. Um, probably was to see if I can sync that up with Steve at some point because, like, he's the guy who loaned me the uh, book that, uh, I, that the movie's based on. So I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which is highly, highly recommended. Um, I guess I'd probably at give wait until I see the movie to tell you how much, uh, like, how much different it is compared to the uh, movie itself. But um, it's a, as it is, the book itself is very much worth a read. The movie I've, I've the reviews um, have been thoroughly positive. In fact, it's, and its box office has been, you know, really uh, pretty good compared to like, your average like you know art house limited release. And also, uh, um, I don't know if you've been watching Keep Up with the Nostalgia Critic, but he apparently um, gave it a small shout out um, last week as well. So okay. all right. Cool. Um, <clears throat> no, I watched um, Red Letter Media did a thing on it. Okay. And um, oh, so, so Plinkett came out of retirement? Or no, 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 no. This is just in, this is just in. the two guys. So it's just the two guys, two of two of the crew. Uh, okay. They did. They just they just did a, a review of it. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I mean, I kind of uh, I get it, kind of, but um, yeah. Um, I think that their reaction was fine, uh, you know, towards it, so, um, they weren't glowing about it or anything, but, you know, um, so, cool. Glad to hear it. Okay. Hey, Frank, did I tell you, did I tell you that I saw the, um, I saw Murder on the Orient Express the last time we talked? Yes, or? you did. Yes, you did. Okay, never mind then. Um, I guess the only other thing I have to report about as far as what I've watched is, I watched um, more. Well, I watched the first episode of um, Star Trek Continues after we talked. Ah, the first one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then I watched. I watched more um, early um, today as well. Oh, what did you think so far? You know, uh, I I guess you know I. It's it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's like up up to a point really because I was like it's I mean it's something that's. It's completely it's laser focused on you know, you know recreating the the original series. I mean, down to the to the look, to the performance, to the performances really. Yeah. Like you know, like as you as you mentioned, I mean it's yeah. probably probably more so than the uh, the change the doctor. By the way, I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to the uh, yeah I got to those episodes too. Okay, all right. Cool. I, I got to admit, I I I like the uh, the the new doctor. Yeah, they they got me too. Yeah, you know, it's like no no disrespect to the to the other one, but I guess he's just a bit more nerdy mm -hmm. um, than I expect from from McCoy. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, so continue. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I mean, it's like I said, it's it's entertaining, it's fun, but at the same time though, it's like they've kind of. I, I mean, it's like, like I said, you're you're trying so hard to replicate like, a specific thing in pop culture mm -hmm. and you know it's like i mean like, it, i guess even more so than the uh than the current trek series like the current trek movies i mean to the point where it's like you know everyone on in the movies 
like they are kind of trying to replicate you know your feelings of the cast the original cast to a certain extent this one it's even more so and you know it's it's not really bad to be honest i mean it's like i the the uh the um dark the mirror universe episode that was actually pretty fun because you get the feeling that everyone like really kind of enjoyed you know like being just a bit more evil especially mm-hmm. um Vic Bionia's Kirk yeah 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 I agree yeah don't the only catch is that so far it's uh, it's like the um the writing doesn't seem to be like you know like trying to like too much defy expectations it's just kind of like, you know slide right into like you know what you what you would expect really so uh, how far did you get i'm up to episode five uh the uh uh divided we stand the, the civil okay. war so. yeah um hmm I'll probably, I'm that, probably, I'll probably keep watching more so that, i i would have to say that um it gets better in depth Especially with the episode with John Delancey in it, I think that one's outstanding. In fact, um, but um, and not because John Delancey per se, but because of the material. Um, well, you told me. I think you told me he's not playing Q. He's just he's playing another character. Yeah, he's playing another character. But I think that that one is uh, is definitely um, yeah profound um, in yeah. a in a Star Trek way. Um, the divided the, that one uh, the one that y- you say you saw there um, the last one you saw uh, that one was probably I don't know I, I didn't really I thought it was all right I, I didn't think it was I, I, I get it and I you know I, I understand it but I just I was just like yeah I just didn't really it really wasn't a strong episode to me it's strong strong in some areas but not in others that's that was my only that was my only thing with it um, um, you know it's not bad and and you know what it's surprising uh, well maybe not surprising but you know when you start telling me the pedigree I didn't even know the pedigree of these guys although I was thinking in the back of my head man the name sounds familiar you know Vic that is. I must, mm-hmm. have, must have seen his name flash by in a credit on a DVD I bought or something like that. Um, so, but, uh, you know, um, so, yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, and I would have to say that the first few episodes have, uh, they have their thing. You know, it, it's fine. They're fine. I think that some of the later episodes are better. So I don't think that they're all bad. I think that they're good for what they are, you know. And the production yeah. quality, by the way, I'm just going to say, Production quality is insane. I mean, for... <laughs> I, and I know, it's like, well, all we had to copy was some weird, you know, 60s sets. But I well, mean, like, I mean, it's like... I, I, yeah, I, I'll agree, I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like the, the cynic could say, oh, yeah. It's like, it's how... It's, technology has finally progressed to the point where, like, you know, fan productions in 2017 can finally match up to um, state-of-the-art 60s production value. Yeah. But, you know, it's like... like I, said, I mean, like, the fact that they're able to, like, really... Like consistently nail the look and feel of the series. I mean, that's that's honestly like a pretty impressive, um, like, uh, like um, accomplishment on their on their part. Yeah. So I mean, it's like it's not just like oh, we're doing this because that's all we've got the budget for. It's like no, it's like I mean, like they it it's clear they have like a specific aesthetic they're shooting for, and they're clearly able to hit it um, much more often than not so far. Yeah, um, one of the more interesting things to me, and just as a you know, as a classic Star Trek fan, was their use of like the soundtrack pieces 
to you know to 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 pull together the story and that might sound like well okay well it's a tv show they're going to use the same cues you know uh audio cues right but i think that they nail that that's fine uh, and that's cool i think it's kind of cool that they do that i'm not i'm not gushing over it i just think that it, i was like wow that i've seen other fan productions I, I think this one is actually probably one of the best i've seen including you know the other guy i forget i forget the name of that one the new voyages guy he is actually he actually cameoed in the first uh, jj film um the, huh. the guy who played the captain for that one but the thing that did surprise me after watching all the ep- uh, all the episodes i think i've finished them all yeah i finished them all is that vic wrote most of them <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah it's like it's like he oh. he either so far like i've noticed that he's either had a hand in either the story or the teleplay and even in the uh, Divided We Stand episode, he directed that one, too. So Yeah, impre- and so, impressive. So this distracts, this distracts me as him, like, I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but him getting together all of his Rolodex buddies to, um, it's like, to, to get, put this together. And it's, you know, it's like, I think it, I think it works out well. I mean, like, and I guess, like, the other thing that I've noticed in these episodes I've watched so far is that they seem to draw specifically on certain episodes of the, uh, original series like you know you've got the original one the first one which has the uh like you know which has apollo from the yep like yeah then you've got the uh the orion slave girl in the second one they've got the mirror universe in the third mm-hmm. yep. and you've got like all like okay i'll admit my uh i had not seen all of the original series episodes and i can only remember like small things from what i've seen because like i was probably like eight like Less younger than ten when I watched most of these episodes, mm-hmm. but um, like I imagine, like most most of Kirk, most of the girl women that were referenced, like in Kirk's um, like coming to terms with his um, existential guilt, were from like episodes of the original series, especially from like you know Guardian on the Edge of Forever. I mean, that one I recognized, of course. Yeah, um, Lolani. Uh, definitely, you know, had a message. And, yeah, that and, one, and, and I thought that that was profound out of the out of the first five that you've watched. I think that, that was probably the most profound one. Yeah, that one. I that one. I actually I did like. Even though it was like it was like you know we're drawing. Okay, we're drawing on the Green Slave Girl. Yep. Um, again, but we're actually like you know giving her an actual story. We're giving her actual motivations. And yeah, you know, I was like, I like the fact. I mean, I, okay, I didn't recognize him at first, but I thought. But as soon as the guy started speaking, I'm like, "Wait, is this Lou Ferrigno?" I didn't catch that. Yeah, um, it's him. Uh, is it? I it was is. like, "Oh gosh, man!" I was like, "I did not catch that." Wow. Yeah, it's like, and, you know, it's like I liked, I liked the fact that you know, for the most that when he was introduced, he was presented to be like a like a pretty genial and friendly kind of guy. I mean, okay, that, that all goes out the window towards the end of the episode. But, you know, just the fact that, you know, like, you show that, okay, yeah, he's, what he's doing is awful, but, you know, just because he's doing that doesn't mean he's an awful person. I mean, that's, that's good moral ambiguity there. I mean, I, I love the, uh, the dinner they had with him. Yeah. And, um, when, it's like, it's like, when, um, uh, Scotty calls him out on, on what he's doing, it's like, he just, you know, I want to act as a, uh, as a as an as a ambassador to your like your opinions here, so like you know, just throw any everything at me. Mm-hmm. So that's so I I guess you know it's like I kind of want that, that's kind of want I want more interesting writing like that. I mean, mm-hmm. and I I guess like you know 
as much as I like, much as I like the uh, seeing everyone act all evil in the Mirror Universe episode, uh-huh. I guess I was. Oh, especially um, Vic, because he clearly had um fun. You know, it's like being um evil Kirk. Yeah, yeah. It's like I guess you know, it's like just the fact that you know, like that brief moment that um Spock had with um the with our Kirk. Um, was enough to change his mind and um, set him on a force for good. Like, you know, what if, what if he, um, like he took Kirk's, um, it took our Kirk's um, ideals and just thought of a. This is the this is the reason that I want to um, take over the ship and um, and fight. You know, not just to just saying like, hey, you know, like I want to preserve the Empire's ideas, but I just want to get rid of all the short sighted um, vision for. For, for greed and villainy, you know, it's like, like the um, the ruthlessness is all cool and all, but what if I just want to, you know, just take the longer view in all in all this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I guess that's yes, like I said, I'm probably next time we talk, I'll probably have more to say about about these episodes, but well, next time we talk, hopefully you'll be here. Oh. Let's see, because well, that's going to be um, at Christmas time, so I think we should probably shoot for the. Oh, I okay. mean, like the next time we talk will be this Saturday if you're coming to my party. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I okay. Um, I probably I might not have anything yeah. new to say about this. That's fine. But I, probably, I will have new stuff to say about um, the Last Jedi, as I'm sure everyone. Yes. Will. Well, we're going to see. I, I bought tickets for the family for 3.45 on Friday, so we're all going to see it. So there will be no excuses from my half um, <laughs> of yeah, the conversation. Like our... So I will have it all watched up and ready to go. Um, so, Yeah, our family is definitely going to see it as well. Cause my mom is, is on board with all... With, with um with Star Wars as well, especially since she she did like on um, the Force Awakens. She she really liked the Force Awakens. She enjoyed Rogue One, and I just asked them at dinner. I just uh, as a uh, one of those like um car commercial promos for Last Jedi came, was um airing. I said, "Yeah, we're going to see this on Friday, right?" And it's like, "Oh yeah." So yeah, the um so I'm I'm going to stick with my theory that Ray is a solo. Hmm. Okay. It's like, I, I could be uh, wrong. I don't no, know. That's I, my, it's my gamble. <laughs> that's uh, no. It's like that seems like the right kind of swerve. If everyone is like you know, expect, expecting her to be like you know like Luke's son, which to be honest, like I wouldn't be too surprised by that. But you know, it's like I, I think that's probably that's the kind of um swerve that you know like would make sense you know just to um, trip everyone up yep yep I, I could be wrong i'm fine being wrong <laughs> but yeah so um yeah that's uh, i'm not gonna like expound my reasons but i think that i think that there's enough i think evidence for it so which there's some yeah we'll see we'll see um, I, I, no, I, I, just, I, I think I, that the theory that it's Solo's daughter, I mean, not Solo's daughter, but I'm sorry if that's what I believe in, but Skywalker's daughter, you know, was a theory that I was willing to entertain originally, but I backed away from a while back, so. It does seem a bit obvious. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're just throwing it out. <laughs> so, and if it is, it's like, then it's fine, I don't care, but I'm like, wow, that seems really weird. 
Um, there's a lot of weirdness. Um, and then JJ may have thrown it. Is it JJ, right? Yeah, JJ did this first movie. Um, he may have thrown in some flash forwards for us or flashbacks for us, for us, you know, um, for us to consider. So I don't know. Well, I, I, I think that my theory that, um, Luke could actually be, um, it's like, I'm Supreme Commander Snoke could That's still be possible, but at the same time, it's like they, the, I, the war, I, what I've seen Lucas or people talking about is that apparently like maybe Snoke is his own character and not just, you know, some imaginary hologram creation that we were, that, you know, the, we could assume from, from, uh, from the first film. So, yeah, I was willing to entertain that one too, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's like you know, it's like it just seems like you know, like the kind of like um out of left field twist that that could work, but I guess if and it's like if I would like to think that if it's that if it was evident to us, then um then Johnson, Ryan Johnson, the director, would have thought that you know, okay, we've got to consider something else. So, mm-hmm. yep. Show um, what else? Okay, so I got my second um, Switch game okay. um, on Friday. Okay. Or not, not this Friday, um, week before, week ago last Friday. Xenoblade? Yes. It's like, I, even if I didn't tell you this before, I'm sure you probably would have guessed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I have it as well, but I haven't really cracked it, to be honest with you. I do want to play it, though. Um, <laughs> it looks great. Um... I was able to... I bought it for myself. I, well, I pre-ordered it, so it just showed up magically here. Um, and then... Uh, I also ordered it in Gamefly for the kids. I don't know why I did that. But, whatever. Um, <laughs> well, I guess if they like it, then they've got the... Uh, I think that that was copy. the deal. I wanted him to try it out. And uh, he likes it so far, so... Okay. Because I... What i played of it so far... Um, there, it's like, okay, it's two things to consider. First of all, it's anime as fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like even more so than um, the original game, because the second game was a slight twist towards more actual hard science fiction, if only because it seemed to take take place in like you know an extrapolation of our universe as opposed to just you know some fantasy universe. This one. Like I said, there's lots more um, anime um, style storytelling to like to the world and to the characters. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm just saying it's like it's. I'm just saying like that's that's how this that's how this series that's how this this particular game is rolling so far. Mm. So and I do like the fact that you know it's setting up stuff that there there's some parts in the story that after you get to support you realize like when they start extrapolating out its backstory you realize wait a second this probably isn't how it actually played out when are we going to learn how it actually did hmm. so so there's some like intentional um obfuscation there which i'm looking forward to seeing how it play how it plays out uh-huh. so like it's like the story it's like i said it's like i said I wouldn't, I'm I'm invested in it. I'm gonna keep playing to uh, find out how it all how it all plays out. But like I said, but there's also some like um, 
how it plays out is also probably going to be an acquired taste for for certain people. So that being said, though, the other thing is I kind of want to um, beat the director over the head because he seems to believe that um, making things more complex is a sign of depth. Hmm. So it's like so it's kind of like there was a uh, time last week when I felt that the combat was really really grindy to the point where it should not take me this long to um, beat the shit out of a um, random monster, and um, it's like and it, but and it turned out that oh I was just using the wrong character in a way that he wasn't intended to be used for, but now it's like I've got a better handle on the uh, it's like on the combat. At the same time, though, it just kind of feels like, you know, it's like it do- comment doesn't feel quite as snappy as it did back in um, the compared to the original Xenoblade and also Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, so, so there's that, and because um, you know, there's this one seems to um, okay. Um, while I mean, the first the first one Xenoblade Chronicles did a good job of. Um, you know, just like automating a lot of the, uh, like of the basics of combat, and then um, letting you um, like well, for the for the harder harder um, monsters to um, choose which which um, combat techs were employed in order to um, beat them down at a certain point. Um, that's I think that's that worked pretty well. Um, for X, it was kind of the same, but they seemed to like you know, like uh, but they also wanted you. Um, Considering you know what kind of classes you were and what kind of skills you had av- had available to you, because your character was like the jack of all trades, he could use he could use any um, class, any skill as long as he was um, spec to it, and it's just a matter of just you know what um, what your other um, party members were in order to complement that. This one, uh, like I said, it's like it's really tricky to find out. It, it can be really tricky at points to find out, you know, like how to um, deal the most damage to a monster. And while in the previous games, like, you know, like if you have like, you know, more numbers than the other monster, like if you're like, say 20 levels above that guy, it's like, you'll just murder the fuck out of them. This one, uh, there's, I don't know, it's like, there's still like a, like a certain amount, a decent amount of challenge to be found there. So, so it's, it's like, like I said, it's it seems like I mean, on one hand, I realize that the uh, that the director has gone and like you know tried to find a add more depth to it, but it seems like it's a lot. Like I said, it's a lot of complexity that just feels like a much more of a pain in the ass. It's like at certain points than it than it should be. So, I mean, and also one of the things I noticed about. Um, the sequel is that I think that one of the reasons they were able to get it out um, as soon as it is because the world is much more modular compared to the previous games to the point where you are exploring like Titans in a great cloud sea as opposed to one continuous um, landmass. Mm. Yeah. And also the, uh, it's also worth noting that the, um, I haven't, I haven't tried this out myself, but apparently the game, the discrepancy between playing it in handheld mode on the switch versus playing it in docked mode is pretty significant. Really? Yeah. Um, you probably want to probably want to um, look at the uh, like um, Google um, Digital Foundry, which is um, Eurogamer's um, crack tech team. Um, they're the guys who apparently um, 
dove into the fact. And they say that, and their opinion is that while the uh, tech um, um, that was used to make the, that in make that was um, employed in making the game does make for a um, more appealing experience in docked mode. In um, handheld mode, there are lots of compromises to the point where it's like you're looking at a much smaller resolution. Um, it's like and and even like um, frame rate as well. So it's like to the point where yes, you can play it in handheld mode, but you're giving up a lot um, just to do so. I understand. Okay, yeah. good to know. As uh, aside, yeah, but also this is something that's probably going to keep me um, like I'm busy until until the end of the year, just because um, there's so much to do in it, and I've even gotten to the. Uh, Digging up all the uh, like the rare blades, which are basically your kind of um, your methods for attacking um, like enemies. Like like some of these blade these blades are like they. Some of the reviewers I've noticed noted that they're kind of like similar to a um, like certain anime trends, like say the stands in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or the servants in um, the Fate franchise. Interesting. Yeah, and the thing is though, it's like you'll. There, there are two kinds of um, blades, I and mean, there's common ones that you can get using um, that that you'll get using like the uh, the common uh, blades you um, blades like um, cores you you'll you'll get from fighting monsters, or even some of the rare ones that you'll um, get from fighting monsters as well. God damn it! Anyway, the thing is though that um, when you're using um, a rare blade core, you'll get a chance to pull. A rare specific blade. I mean, this is the, this, this is the kind of blade where they got their own thing. Like they've got there's blades with generic looks to them. Like they've got okay, this is what like they've got like oh, these is what like the generic blades look like. And then they've got the uh, specific the uh, special blades, the ones that have distinct looks to them, distinct voice actors, and distinct um, like roles to them. So it's kind of like. Oh, it's like you know, I want to keep pulling um these guys, but you know, it's just completely random as far as like you know the game's luck and uh, like their it's like their their statuses go. So it's like so it's kind of so it's kind of frustrating. I mean, the game the system, the game's got lots of different systems attached to it, lots of um like uh, ways to attack to attack enemies and inflict inflict great damage to them. It's like, and also just to uh, build up your characters and build up the world around them as well. It's like it's it's uh, it's kind of a mess, but it's still one that I'm still like, en- enjoying at least. So, so yeah, it's like I guess it's like yeah, it's like I guess uh, I guess what I'm saying is like you know if um if you if you and your family have any questions about um what the hell is going on, it's like Google it or ask me i can try to answer any questions but at this point even i'm so kind of um even i i'm still compelled to um check out google when i am uh, or game facts just to find out what the hell is going on when i um encounter a specific a a roadblock to um finding out what's going on with one of the game systems okay well okay. I, uh, I, well, noted everything. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's random stuff with me, but, like, you know, how, how are things going in the world of John Murphy, really? 
oh, the world and John Murphy is busy, fun, and crazy. So, um, <clears throat> so now, um, there's, um, I just did shopping this weekend and things with the family, and then we wanted to go to, um, what's the name of that place? We wanted to go to, um, uh, not Mary Farm, but that was a mistake. It, we it sounds like, time. it sounds like, it sounds like Knott's, um, like Christmas celebration. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's pretty cool. Evidently, it's so cool that everyone in Orange County goes. Because uh, on Saturday evening, which may not be the best time to go, <laughs> if you want to avoid crowds, it was entirely crowded. Like, I had never seen that place so full of people. And uh, it got to a point to where I just said, you know what, let's just go do something else and you know while we're down here and just leave and every, and and everyone was like okay it's fine because it was getting a little bit crazy for us so um uh but it's all right it wasn't it was not a wasted trip so um uh let's see here Outside it's of, it's no not scary farm uh, yeah mm -hmm, yep oh and i do have some other news so other news is uh you know i of course watch the the last episodes of discovery you know before their hiatus or whatever um and i'm still not impressed i mean i i don't know why i still watch the show i guess i'll continue to watch and well, I guess if you've got a subscription to CBS All Access, I guess... I don't. I don't have a subscription oh, to right. CBS you're, you're, All Access. You're watching it through um, Netflix Proxy, Yes, right? I am watching it. Yes, I am watching it using my, uh, my box here. So, yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. So, hmm. Um, that's that. The Orville, though... Because <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um... I, I, I'll i say this. I'll just say that I will, you know, I've, uh, I, I think it's, I don't even think it has potential, to be honest with you. It, I mean, just so many things just reek of, like... Wait, how, wait how, are we talking about, like... Discovery, uh, discovery, discovery. Okay. So, okay. Discovery, you know, and I'll, you'll probably hear me bitch about this on Saturday to, to Sebastian, but, I, you know, I, I'm... I don't like Alex Kurtzman that much, and I can see his fingerprints on this show. You know, I mean, I just—I believe I mentioned this to you about how, like, I, I doubt that Alex Kurtzman is like the kind of guy to, uh, it's like, to make Star Trek great again, for lack of a better term. Ooh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, no, he's not. And when he does it, he—at least I think with J.J. Abrams in the movies. You know, at least those that first. Abrams movie. is nothing if he's a he's a great filmmaker. He's probably not a very original filmmaker, mm -hmm. but he knows how to make um, old stuff entertaining, if mm -hmm. nothing else. Yeah. Um, you know, the problem is like, like something like um, Kurtzman is the guy who's applying with all this old stuff. So, so please continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. You're you're fine because you know, I mean. I know what he's going for in those movies, and I didn't care. You know, it was little, well, I kind of cared. I mean, I thought that the execution—I I thought that not the execution, but just like rehashing things in the second movie, the Into Darkness movie, was just—it uh, just didn't, you know, it didn't sit well with me because I'm just like, oh, this is not great at all. I enjoyed the first movie, 
The second one, and I enjoyed the third movie the best out of the three. <laughs> so you I need me both. I was just like, yeah, that's per- that's fine. I like that. That's that that that's good to go. Um, but yeah, when Kurtzman does, you know, Kurtzman's treatment of this series is almost like, you know, like, let me, let me make it, like, it's like the hipster version of Star Trek. And I just hate, I hate it for that reason. You know, it's like, uh, okay, come on. You know, I, I'm beginning to understand a lot of things after watching this entire season, you know, or half season, if you will, about how they're doing, you know, how they're doing things. And I just think that like... And my argument is is that Star Trek, not the movies per se, although I enjoy the movies, I'm talking about television, Star Trek television, um, that there's some essential elements of, of how Star Trek is. And they've changed, you know, they, whoever is in charge of this show, have decided that going a different direction with how they tell the story is going to be like incredible and profound you know by making it episodic uh you know making it a very you know uh almost games of throne kind of like you know just kind of going you know having this one long you know almost like battlestar galactica now battlestar galactica did it way better than than discovery but i see discovery as having an identity problem because it's trying to be things that it's never been before and thereby not really succeeding in doing those things. Does that make sense? It sounds like it sounds like you're saying that it's it's following trends instead of setting them. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I am saying that you know it doesn't feel original to me. It doesn't even feel like Star Trek in a lot of ways, you know. Um, and I don't care for it. Therefore. Um, you know, and I don't think a lot, and I know, I'm not, I don't think, I know that a lot of fans don't care for it either, you know, like Star Trek fans, you know, there are certain elements, it's like, okay, we could have, we could have done things a lot better than we did in this show, you know, and this show has some egregious continuity errors because of where they put it in there, but I don't think that they actually care. So, you know, like having, you know, just, just hearkening back to like the first episode, which you probably saw with, you know, it's, it's the like, only one I've seen. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's sort of like, well, and, and by the way, if they really like had confidence in this series, don't you think they would like at least put it on television? Not like on their subscription service. I mean, is there, are they afraid of something? I mean, I, I don't well, get it. If it's supposed to be some great, great show. Why are you putting it on your subscription service where it's not going to reach as many people? Okay. Okay, here's... here's the, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because okay. on one hand, well, I mean, yeah, John, you're absolutely right. I mean, like, why not put um, Star Trek on... It's like on your um, major network, like, if you're, like... If you have, like, absolute confidence in it. Mm-hmm. But what if your main goal in creating a new Star Trek series was simply to grow your um, subscription service. Yeah. What if you were simply trying to leverage one of the most passionate and dedicated fan bases like in um, geek fandom like to to sign up for your um, subscription service which at this point has has like to, to be fair like nothing but shit that uh, that you'd be interested in as far as you're concerned. I mean like are you are you thoroughly Invested in all the NCIS spinoffs that um, they've got going, 
that CBS has going, John. Are you are you really, man? Nope. But no, but you will but you will on um, pirate Netflix through a proxy to watch this um new new Star Trek series. That <sighs> I will tell you that okay. Agreed. Keep going. I'll let you finish. So yeah, it's like I think that's the uh that's the that's probably like the app the main reason they are they wanted to use Star Trek. Um they want to make it a streaming only sir like um series. Basically to like to build their to, to build their own um streaming streaming service. It's like and make it into like a um that kind of destination program in the sense that you know Netflix and um it's like it's like and Hulu have become for lack of a better it's like, of course, you know, it's like, I guess we'll see how, how all this shakes out after Thursday, won't we? After th- Thursday? What's Isn't that when the uh, net neutrality vote is taking place? Oh, 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 um, yeah, that's a totally different subject. Yeah, related. That, it but is. I do have something for you, and I will throw this out to you. Here's, 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 here's some interesting things that you may consider here, so. Okay. I think that this is a failing strategy, quite frankly, um, for them to do this. And net neutrality or no, let's just forget that that that's even a thing at this moment. So um, it is a thing, but it's too complicated for this particular issue. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably mistaken to throw it in right there. No, 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 no. No, it's it's okay. I mean, I, I don't mind because certainly that there's something to be said about it, but. Um, uh, it, uh, you know, I'm not, and the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to comment on it per se is not for any other reason than I haven't formed my opinions on what exactly I, what exactly the consequences of net neutrality or not having it are. Okay. I, I do kind of want to pick your brain about this, but yeah. please, but please continue yeah. on your current talk about, um, start, about yeah. start on as a streaming series. Okay. Yeah. So, so. You know, CBS, it, it, and this is this would be my point. It's a failing strategy, and I have some very interesting points that I don't know if you have considered or yet, not yet, but you should um, for this. First of all, um, there is no guarantee that anyone that's out there, and I'm watching. And by the way, I'm watching this, but I'm watching this. Not because I like this show, or I necessarily support this show. I actually, I don't like it at all, <laughs> and and there's there's very little redemption, redemptive value to it in me. And and I guess the reason why I'm saying that is because I like the Star Trek that I like. Okay, and I've always been that way. Remember I was telling you about like, okay, I'd rank the series kind of in this order. I'd say the original series and then uh, like Deep Space Nine and then Next Gen and then and then I think Voyager and you know, and Enterprise can like tie each other for like actually I probably think Enterprise has some episodes that are better that make it slightly more redeeming than Voyager. <laughs> Enterprise has as I understand has that season and a half at the end yeah. where things got really good. Yeah. And I'll have to say there are some interesting stuff in Enterprise, not my favorite series, but I have never hesitated to stop watching a show because I just simply don't like it. I did this with Voyager and Enterprise. I literally stopped watching those shows. Um, the reason why I am watching this show is because, not because I'm particularly like interested in it 
as a show. Right now, I mean, it hasn't hooked me at all. I'm not watching it for that reason. I'm not watching it because I think that, oh, it's going to get better. I actually don't think it's going to get better at this point. <laughs> um, and whether or not they can gauge success based on subscriptions to a service, which they don't, you know, there are a lot of people who canceled. There's some there's some interesting scuttlebutt going on about that, but it, it's obscured at this point. The only thing that I was actually happy to hear is that Nielsen is actually developing, is, is is incorporating things. They're now beginning to incorporate online streamings into their numbers now. Um, and that, to me, is more profound because um, it would actually tell me and tell us what exactly the hell is going on with these shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just referring to Star Trek Discovery. I'm referring to anything that is streamed, right? So there's that. Now, here's part two. Part two which has very uh, a somewhat relation to it, but not really, is the selling of 21st Century Fox. Oh, okay. I'm gonna That's... open this. I'm gonna open this up a little bit here, because here are some things I understand about it. Number one. And and don't be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong here. And I've I actually had this well, I actually had this talk with uh, with uh, with Myron the other day. Um, number one, Disney slash Marvel wins no matter who buys that show when it comes to those properties, the Fantastic Four and the X Men. Absolutely, yes. There is, and the reason why. Because let's say, I don't know, uh, whoever else was bidding for it. I, I don't even know who else was bidding for it. But it was in the news. It was in the Wall Street Journal and things like that. Um, they went, If they win it, basically what would happen to the rights to those, they would revert back to the original owners. Those rights are not for sale. You can't transfer rights that you sold to a, a particular entity as a part of a buyout. Hmm. That would be interesting, but at the same time, you're saying Legally. that but Disney, that um, since Disney bought Marvel, those rights would revert back to Marvel, so Disney would still own them anyway. Correct. Yeah. So, so this deal is not, and and everybody, everything I've read, almost everything I've read, talks about how awesome it will be for Mar. You know, if Disney gets this, <laughs> then then they'll be able to pull all these titles back. That's not the reason why Disney's buying this. I just want to. I just want to make this crystal clear, and 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 it's, it hasn't been talked. That's not the. They're not. That's nice to have. Disney doesn't actually need that to be successful. No, they, no, they don't. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like though I can see, though I can, I I, I can see with that you know with um. All the talk about you know with Disney like you know with Marvel's um like for like you know like the like the the, the, the current story Marvel is telling in their cinematic films be coming to an end with these next two Avengers films being the end. I you can see that you know, okay if di- the if the um if the buyout does go through, then you can see that okay if this does go out then what's the next story going to be for. Uh, for Marvel, mutants. Yeah. How does this established superhero, superhero universe react to mutants? 
Right. You know, there's a there is this I mean, there's so much optimism from everyone and I feel it. I'm like, oh, it would be awesome. I just don't see it as a part of their like they're not even at that point. You, you get that, right? They're mm-hmm. not at uh, Disney and Marvel Studios are not at that point where they're like, well, we're going to buy this and then we're going to change the MCU. They're not even there. They don't even technically own them yet. You, you know, it's like counting your chickens before they hatch. You know, yeah. And and it doesn't make sense for them to do that. Maybe they have some ideas, like, hey, we could do this if we had this. But right <laughs> now, that that's not what they're thinking. They're good, good. How are they going? How are they going to incorporate Deadpool into this? <laughs> that's right. right. And and people have been asking like that. They're like, oh, they should just keep it this way and do that. And I'm like, it's irrelevant at this point. <laughs> Don't you know? And and I'm sure if they do, that they'll probably consider like just keeping that separate. I mean, I don't know. I'm not Disney. I mean, look what they did to Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> they <laughs> they were like, shoo, all this stuff is now Legends material. You can just go and. Uh, you know, you can go pound sand when it comes to that. But that's... they went and borrowed elements from it. That's fine. I, I don't. Yeah, care. that's. I mean, that was that was something smart. That was something that was that they were they were able to do because you know it's like the uh, all the other expanded universe stuff was just like something that the mainstream was not not aware of, and they can just go, oh hey, all the stuff you weren't paying attention before, hey, not part of the, it's not part of the canon anymore. But you know, it's like we've. All the stuff we're doing going forward, we're probably going to um, pick and choose the best of that stuff to reincorporate into like into this new one. You know, like um, good old Grand Admiral, Admiral Thrawn. Right, so. right. So here's 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 the other pieces of it, and I don't know how much you've read about like the whole like Disney and what they're trying to do, or if you you know. But I can I can kind of enlighten you to what I've found out. Um, okay. Okay. So. Uh, Disney is definitely thinking about their, their new streaming service. Yes, that's, I mean, like the fact that they, they're already pulling stuff from net, they're going to pull stuff from Netflix. I mean, it's like, and if someone wanted to do their own streaming service based on their own content, you know, it's like Disney is in a prime. So have you heard the part? If they buy 21st Century Fox... They get a bigger stake of Hulu, don't they? That's exactly correct. Okay. They, they, they get that. They, they buy an audience instantly. That's it's amazing. It's a lot, lot easier than setting up your own... Uh-huh. It's a lot easier to convert your uh, existing streaming service um, to your own content than to set, establish a brand new one. Exactly. So they will have actually two. So they had one, and I know because I'm a member of, uh, you know, I've used streaming services. Um, I've had Disney movies anywhere forever. Um, but they just recently retired it. I mean, they, it's going to be retired within the next month or so or two months. And they've already put out the replacement service called Movies Anywhere. So this Hmm. is a piece of their movie streaming service. And all of those digital titles, like I buy the Blu-ray and it comes with like the digital copy and I throw it in there. And So the difference between those two is that uh, the Movies Anywhere service from Disney allows me to connect other competing services that they have agreements with. So now... I'm able to no. I've already I've already done the conversion. 
not only do I have all my little Marvel titles, you know, not only do I have my Disney titles, but now I have my Universal titles. I've got some other titles. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. So now I don't have to go to too many places to watch all of my, all of these, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, these license, you know, the, what do you call it? The, 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 the digital copies of, they're all in there now, pretty much. You know, and I've linked them all together, so that's cool. So add that plus Hulu. Disney's looking at a pretty interesting strategy when it comes to streaming. Hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, it just comes down to the fact that, that Disney has, you know, kind of like how Nintendo, um, ha- like Nintendo by itself has can put out a. Uh, like like a series of games that you know like are absolutely worth owning you know just you know picking up a new system just to play these games like Disney has like this entire library that you know like whatever streaming service they decide on it's like it's it's gonna be worth picking up because yep. I mean, it's like, and, and you know like I've seen people say that oh you know like this is gonna like they're gonna be like a lot really lazy after this point and you know that could happen absolutely but i don't know i i like to think that disney is just ruthless enough to realize no 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 it's like we like until we own everything like if we have 100 of all the eyeballs we're going to put out um superior entertaining material um until that happens yep they are really vying for the space and i'm sorry CBS All Access will, you know, uh, will just not be a place, you know, that you would want to go. CBS All Access, quite honestly, feels like a late comer to the game. Oh, but fuck you, man. It's got all the NCS I could want. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, beach. Because basically, <laughs> everybody just wants that, and that's our number one selling point. Ooh. So anyway, yeah. Oh man, it's got you know it's got Scott Bakula in NCIS New Orleans and um, Enterprise. So yeah. fuck you, man. Yeah, there you go. But see, it's just I I don't see it, and so I think you throw it all together and you add it together. It's like, well, um, if people are gonna have pay for service. By the way, I pay for Hulu without the ads. And I prefer it that way. It's a perfectly fine service um, that way, you know. Um, yeah, I get to watch the episode of the Orville that I just saw, um, you know, a day after a broadcast. I don't care. It's fine. I, I usually can't tune in on on those nights anyway, you know. So I'd rather just time shift my shows, you know. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I just don't. I just don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening here, man. It's like uh, another an interesting strategy. Um, I, know, so I guess like CBS, they they figured they have they have to give it a shot, and they have yeah. to do it with the um, one franchise they own that is going to like you know drive all the nerds or at least all the people who are really dedicated to a certain series mm-hmm. to their service. So so yeah. So and so here's my and so that's that. That's that's where I have it. I just see that um, my predictions for this are as I have stated. I see it more that way. That's that's and I don't. Um, whether CBS All Access continues to be a thing or not, um, you know, I, you know, I don't know that people are going to cut for that, you know, 
so much of that just for, just for that you know it's it's a tougher sell i think at that point you know especially when you're going to have hey look if disney does get that stake in hulu you know what that and hulu has movies by the way you do know you know that mm-hmm. right yeah they got movies right so they also got so, a ton of anime from what i hear so what's the perfect thing if i were disney i would be like i would i would show movies on there for uh you know on hulu that you know, like Star Wars movies, to you know, to get people kind of in the groove of getting ready for the next film. It's like, hey, we'll just throw it on there. Boom, we're done. Uh, should, best advertising should, should work really well next May when the Han Solo movie comes out. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, so I, I guess on a on a downer note, though. So what? So what are your thoughts on how fucked we're going to be after the uh, net neutrality ruling? Oh, I I don't have an opinion on it because i haven't weighed all of the options at this point i don't think i think that i generally think that it's not a good idea to get rid of net neutrality um that's the issue here at stake Mm -hmm. but i don't know what all the implications are i know that there's a lot of fud fear uncertainty and doubt regarding it but uh, i don't know I just don't. I can't say at this okay. point. Okay, so I, I guess what I I guess another thing I can ask is so what are the odds that you know someone is gonna like like after this neutrality, if like if this um ruling comes up and you know says hey you know like ISPs aren't going to um focus on net neutrality, what are the odds that someone is gonna say hey you know what what if um we as an ISP decide to um advertise ourselves as a fully net neutral um, service. Do you think that's going to be like a, a viable option for someone going forward? Like a, they will attract enough business like going forward to like, you know, after I was like, you know, being net neutral, like as a, as a viable business strategy. I'm trying to understand your question. Okay. I guess if, okay, if this, if this ruling goes through and um, ISPs are not required to treat all like in all like all internet traffic equally, and you know, like we do get the you know the whole like you know fast and slow lanes as we're as as we're expecting. Mm-hmm. What if there's an ISP that basically says, "Hey, you know what? We are going to treat all internet traffic equally. We are going to be a true net neutral ISP." That would be nice. So here's my biggest problem. Here's my biggest problem. I don't think that that situation exists right in, uh, like. I don't think that the ideal exists today. That's my biggest problem with this. Um, in other words, net neutrality is an awesome concept. There's, you know, there's nothing though, unfortunately, at this point, that's keeping ISPs from doing this already. And that's my biggest problem. I, it's huh. actually it's actually already kind of happened, and it's already been proven. And that's so, my biggest problem. So what you're saying is that much like I don't uh, think con- and, and, much and, like with like that ruling with Congress earlier that allowed ISPs to sell our data. It's just basically this is this may be a a way to codify what they're already doing to us. Yeah, I don't think it'll help the situation. But I don't think that the situation is as optimal as, 
you know, it's a spigot, you know, it's like a utility So it's like, we're, we're already fucked, we just don't realize it yet. And there are actually people that understand it already. That's the thing. It's just not as public knowledge as, as most people would like to see it. So, um, and there's, it's not just really good evidence. Like, people have literally proven this already. And that's my biggest problem. Like, you know, um, the throttling of services that don't. So, what, 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 what is one of the, the, the biggest services we have netflix right we have things like hulu hulu which we already know kind of has ties but and this is one of the biggest problems i have with isps in general anyway one of the biggest problems i have with isps is that they're all pretty much a monopoly in the areas they exist in so i I believe you've mentioned this too yeah at&t controls you know, it's not like you have a choice between Verizon FiOS and AT&T. People are subject and this is and this is where I think we really really need like more competition. Like it, but it but remember the history of the internet. The history of the internet is is that we had we still have and most people still have copper cables running through their houses. I do. I have copper cables running to my houses. I don't have fiber outside. Um, and and things used to be, you know, you could dial up into an ISP and get internet connection that way, right? But those lines were always owned by either what was uh, AT&T or babe, what they call the baby bells, which were all absorbed by AT&T anyway. Verizon used to be GTE. That's the company it used to be. But they were still regionalized. When they broke apart the monopoly, we'll just say, we'll just put this in quotes, they broke apart, in quotes, the monopoly of what AT&T used to be back in the 70s and early 80s, it really didn't break up. It, it, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a it's a, it's a, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's not true. It's, no, it it's like, never, they, they, ever they, true. They broke, they broke up, they broke things up, but they were all these, but the companies they broke them up into were still talking to each other. So it was still a monopoly. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had, um, Pacific Bell in your area and you didn't have GTE or Verizon, uh, it's because they own the lines there. It, they had a mono- they st- and this still this condition pretty much still exists today. Like you cannot get certain things in certain areas. So, um, and that's and that's a big huge problem I have with this whole thing. You know, it's like okay, if we're talking about free and open internet. And Verizon sees that, you know, and Verizon sells a TV service or AT&T sells a TV service. And now they're forced, instead of using the old, you know, like they used to have just old copper cables plugged into a cable receiver. Now everything runs, basically everything runs on the Internet already. So if I have so much bandwidth, so much, uh, you know, bandwidth that comes into my household, you know, from AT&T, and I saw this, by the way, I used to have their service, their U-verse service, which is TV, and it's like, hey, I've got, um, you know, 
so part of my service, part of my uh, part of my internet bandwidth is taken up by my television, and that's literally what happens here. But let's say I want something like Netflix. AT and T has no stake in Netflix, so they have. It's been shown that Verizon, AT and T, all these companies, they already throttle stuff like that. And the proof was in was when people started setting up VPN connections, and they started tunneling their stuff. And they real and 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 this is this is fairly well documented that the service actually gets better. <laughs> what? Are you joking? So now all we're doing really is we're kind of making it public. That's what this is. We're getting rid of net neutrality. You know, it's kind of making it public in a way. So. Um, and, and by the way, do I agree with the concept that we should have like that, that the internet should be treated as a utility that where it's completely open and everything? Yes, I absolutely believe it. Um, you know, and I think that when, you know, it's like they can, you know, these companies could probably spend lots of money trying to defeat this, but there's, there's this really interesting, um, saying that has crept up in the internet communities and that's basically is is that when the internet finds censorship of any kind it, it tends to route around it it tends to rally around censorship route 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 around ah. around it yes this is the case this has always been the case um with the internet so in a lot of ways i just don't see i see it as yes being potentially bad but b also i see it as there's going to be stuff that is um you know that that will defeat it so vpns are already a part of the solution and uh and it's like okay well you know then they'll they'll stomp down this and they'll stomp down that i mean when you look at countries like china or turkey or anything like that they they've lived with they've lived with a a more totalitarian view of the internet like where they block like twitter like at the country border okay Mm -hmm. you know and stuff like that you know where where turkish citizens are you know, they're hanging out the DNS server, you know, on big banners of, of Google, you know, um, you know, saying, hey, use this and then you'll be able to route around it. So it's just mm. the nature of the Internet and I think the nature of people to figure out how to get around this crap. So, OK, I think, I think that happens. OK, in that case, like I'll have to put you in touch with my um, dad to find out how the how, if, if things do get bad enough to like how to how to make sure they their their Netflix um, subscription still still remains viable because they are. They're most like they're probably watch, watching The Crown, like as we're talking right now. Yeah. So that's my that's my two cents right there, and I don't think it's good. Um, one would think that it would, you know, that something good might come out of it eventually, but it will be, you know, um, I, I I think of a revolution in the internet as being something that needs to be more ground shaking than what we've experienced, you know, um, you know, or it's like more years. beneficial. Really. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just see that it's just gonna, it's gonna change, uh, things. So I don't care about net. I do care about net neutrality, but I also don't care about net neutrality. Um, right. because I do see, I, I understand the arguments in a lot of ways, and unless I've seen anything else that says it otherwise, I just don't believe in the 
you know, like it's going to end everything. I, I, I am absolutely anti corporate, you know, big corporations. I don't care who it is. <laughs> so it's just very, it's, it, you know, because, and, ha- and giving them that much control. I mean, look, you have Time Warner cable. Good grief. I just, Time Warner, I mean, like, I'm just talking about two big companies <laughs> right there. Like, they're basically one company. You know, they've got so many, you know, it's just, it's just disgusting, really, you know? So, and yeah, I, I do think that, yeah, uh, as much as, uh, uh, that's, this is another reason why Disney is hopping in the game as well. Because they also see the dollar signs, you know. Like I said, I just don't see CBS as being like a huge player in any of this, you know. On the unless other side, you, I'm just like, wow, you, you guys are really late to the game. Unless <laughs> you absolutely, positively have to have your Star Trek, at least until Disney um, buys that as well. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Could could hey, yeah, it's like that's <laughs> that that's uh, that's certainly a, a uh, prospect a a. Uh, Something that could happen in the world we live in. Hey, at least you know in eighty years when you know when the uh, you know when it's supposedly reverts supposed to revert into uh, you know into the uh, what do you call it, public domain that you know Disney will probably try to stop it. <laughs> they'll keep. They'll keep <laughs> they're going to keep extending that as yep. indefinitely as yep. far as they possibly. By the can. way, that's a totally different study, and I and I and and but I'm not going to talk about that right now because that's a that's fascinating. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is a fascinating creature when you're talking about like extending like public domain and like the rights of a character because he's like textbook to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like he's like he's the reason like public domain keeps getting ex- extended. Yeah. So and by the way, do I agree with that? Hmm. Well, think? what do you think? I I don't I, I don't I technic think... I technically don't agree with it. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that companies should be allowed to extend their control over something like that for that amount of period of time. I think it's kind of wrong. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. Um, I could change that opinion, but I generally don't think I think things should go to public domain in order to imp- uh, to increase. Our, you know, and, and you know, to to make things better. I, I think that artists should have a chance to to do parodies without fear. I think that I these think things should go out. The idea that you know, like, hey, you know, it's like someone, like you know, like like maybe Disney would be that could do more interesting things with Mickey Mouse if they had other people competing with them for for eyeballs and that. Like in that regard, so absolutely, I get, yeah. I understand creative licensing. I do get that kind of stuff. But there is also, I think, there's a limit to you know, and 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 it should force creators to make new stuff. I don't know, six, seven, eight mm-hmm. this year. Star Trek's fifty years old, so we got thirty more years. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> but that's see, there's yeah, that's it. Like I said, interesting study. Not willing to go through that right now. Um, but what I do like, what I would like to tell you about, are the last two episodes of the Orville that I saw. Okay, actually. Oh yeah, hold, hold on to that. I gotta use the bathroom real quick. You got it. And also, uh, have you seen the trailer for um, Battle Angel? No, I have not. Check it out because you know, like as the uh, next live action anime we're going to be getting, you know, that's from you know, Amer- like from Western civilization. Yeah. It's like it's worth a shot. But let's say there's, there's one thing in the trailer that you know, it's like there's there's a lot of stuff in the trailer that's just okay. Clearly, these people have seen the source material and are familiar with it. And I kind of like to see what they do with it. There's also one thing in the trailer that I look at and I think, 
why why are you doing doing it this way? This this just this is just frustrating. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna use the bathroom. Be back in a second. All right. Okay, so you're talking about the Orville. 